grow yourself and grow your marriage. The Lord's like, you're not prepared. Hmm? <laughs> you thought you were prepared? I didn't. Society. <laughs> hello. Oh, I hear. Hello, 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 hello. Turn ours. Oh, wait. Are we stupid? Hello, hello, oh hello, hello, hello. Okay, just don't touch it. Don't touch anything. That was two minutes. Uh, excuse me. Gosh, your boy's so gross. Keeping that in there, too. No. You ready? Let's do this. Chris and Jana. No, nah, that wasn't good, was it? I need to be a little more what was that? exciting. Chris and Jana. Chris and Jana. <laughs> Whoops, wouldn't want to offend anyone. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're back. <laughs> you say this every time. We're back again. Episode 109. It feels like it should be like 120 by now. It should be 120. Guys. We've gone from weekly to bi-weekly to we monthly know, remember we even within did a week. Two, <laughs> we even did two a week for a short time there. Do you remember when we did a sprint and we recorded every day for like 20 days? I do How recall. do we do that? <laughs> because right now. Sure. Well, I I was self-employed. Was that what? No. Yes. Was yes. that that long ago? Yes, correct. Whoa. And and we didn't have a one-year-old likes to disturb us but we've decided that we're done with the excuse segment because well we gotta tell you we <sighs> did, well here here's what it is it's like do we tell you guys why we're so inconsistent right now or do we just let it ride and just put them out and which would you rather do I don't you want to know what's going on regardless in our i think anyone who thought they could start a podcast with the family is now <laughs> very discouraged <laughs> We're going to get it together. we got ideas. Stations. Hey, look. That's going to change If you feel like you need to start a podcast, you really should start a podcast because <laughs> there needs to be voices out there that are maybe covering some of the radical ones. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're radical, then don't start a podcast. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> covering? Oh, instead. Yeah. Instead so basically, of, yeah. if you think the way we think. Yeah. And you if speak. you agree with everything we agree <laughs> with and you want to follow our narrative. You should start a podcast. Christianity and politics and all those things. You should start a podcast. If you are against us, don't start a podcast. Stay silent. You're probably not listening. Oh gosh, guys, I don't know. For, a lot of a lot of people who don't agree with us listen. I I mean I'm I'm humbled by that. I'm encouraged by that. I'm wondering why everybody likes a little drama. <laughs> we got drama for you today. Sure do. We got drama for you today. I just got to tell you, we have nice segue. We have recorded this episode already and then didn't like it. And then, and we really don't well, do that anymore. That, and um, we realized that the girls came in to uh, mess with our equipment and they turned the monitor all the way down. So, like, literally, we we're probably almost all the way done. And I was like, oh crap, the monitor's turned down. So, yeah, rookie, rookie, rookie. There's mistake. That. Um, so there was that. And then we sat down again this past week. We're like, we're going to get out our bi-weekly podcast, which we were really annoyed that Apple called us a bi-weekly podcast. And then here we are definitely monthly or not monthly, (laughs) just a little, little hiccup right now. Oh, I thought we were doing excuses, but I'm just telling you guys, we've been trying to get this one in, but Chris made me cry out of our pores. Chris made me cry before we recorded the last one. And so she couldn't, she was, (laughs) I'm kidding. That's not how it was. 
you not happy about <laughs> what I just did? No. <laughs> so we did not record that day either. <clears throat> okay. Would you like to say something? Are we ready? Okay. It should be because it's six minutes in. This is not a happy podcast. Okay. For all of you who are you in a good mood. happy. This isn't a happy one. We're going to go straight downhill here. Are we ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like you. Okay. So, look, the concept here is this. We have to find a way to navigate through rough seasons of marriage. Okay. So, Gary Chapman, authors like Deborah Faletta, I think I'm maybe botching her name there. <laughs> They cover a concept of seasons in marriage. And I'm sure a lot of authors do. Yeah. And but they relate it to like the the weather seasons. Right. There's no other <laughs> thing except for weather seasons. No. There's <laughs> yes, there are. Okay, go ahead and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Sp- then, sports seasons is about all you Yeah, seasonings but, like but, okay. <laughs> You not just say season. I'm tired. Okay. All right. It's early and we got to do this before Ledger wakes up. So even if it sucks, it's going out. All right. <laughs> anyway, not happy podcast. Everyone stop smiling. Okay. So it's a really good comparison because I think we can all recognize that if you've been in marriage long enough, you realize that really there are seasons. I think that if if we want to be pretty consistent with this, there are times when things are really good. Right, which which many would equate to summer, um, when it's hot, yeah, steamy, hot, steamy things things are going well, right? Um, I I'm kind of going out of order here. Spring would be what do you think? What do you think spring would be? I don't know. We should probably if we're gonna relate this stuff, we probably should have read those books. But yeah, we, we don't not. know what they were. This is just our because I I think we can compare it ourselves. But I would say spring would be. Things are just good, kind of going going through the flow. There's some rainy days, but for the most part, it's nice. Yeah. Things yeah. are blooming. We're growing, you know. Right, right. And then, you know, summer, hot, steamy, good. Um, probably a little more fun. Uh, and Less clothes. Less clothes, right? <laughs> In every way. Um, and then... What? <laughs> you'll get it later. Okay. And then fall is... I mean, hey, look, we all we all can appreciate parts about fall, but then we all know how close fall is to winter. I don't think many people like winter, unless you're a weirdo in California and you've never seen snow. Um, it's cold and it hurts. But nobody okay? wants to live so, it. Yeah, it's rough. No one, no one likes to wake up and shovel their driveway that has like a massive incline and then fall on their butt around the neighbors um, <clears throat> because it's icy and frustrating and cold and the wind blows in your face and freezes okay. your snot nostrils. It's not in your nostrils. Oh, yeah. I remember that one year when we lived downtown. Oh, it was dude. the coldest winter. We live in Ohio. It was 2013, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe 2014. It was like negative. It was in the negatives. Like yeah. And we walked to work because we lived downtown Cincinnati. And I'm not kidding. You would just walk outside and your nostrils, oh, dude. everything would just freeze. Freeze everything. You could throw a cup of water in the air and it'll just turn to ice and fall. I would. I remember it's dressing insane. in so many layers to get to work as if I was going skiing because it right. like hurt. So right. that's how that's how winter in marriage is. It hurts. Yes. It's cold. It's dry. It's it's barren. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. I would say most people in the season of winter would feel 
numb even to, you know, when you're outside for a long time, your hands go numb. I, I think that either you're in the winter part of feeling the pain of what's going on or you're numb to your spouse and just the monotony and the uncomfortableness that is your marriage. Yeah. We didn't describe fall much. I feel like fall is right before that where things aren't hitting the fan like winter, but I don't know, I guess they're falling. They're getting that right. way. It's starting to get chilly. True. Um, so I think that what we want to talk about here is kind of where we're at, where we've been the past little bit, and maybe how do you catch yourself in fall before getting into winter? How do you prep for winter? Yes, definitely. Definitely. So look, something that obviously we have a marriage podcast, right? It, it, it's been a couple of years we've been running this thing. And I think it's been very easy, even though we've been vulnerable, it's been very easy for maybe people to be like, oh yeah, things are just good, right? Things just come naturally. You and John jive, everything's easy, blah, 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 blah. Well, the truth is we go through seasons like anybody else. And some of the things in the season before winter are in our control and some are not. But regardless, it almost feels like everything's out of control because of, uh, because of I think, all of the attacks that come on us as a couple and because it's a really vulnerable time for us. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, but the enemy hates marriage. The enemy hates the traditional family. That's God's thing. That's what God created. The enemy hates it, and he will do anything he can to destroy it, to interrupt it, to distract it. And Chris and I, yeah, we have we have a platform that I'm sure, I know, he hates because we're trying to impact not just marriages, but people uh, for God. So, yeah, let's kind of be vulnerable, I guess. <laughs> when Chris told me he wanted to talk about this originally, literally, I kind of just looked at him. I'm like, oh, this is, I mean, I, I want to be honest, but man, it, it sucks to talk about it when you're in the season of it. But like he said, he's like, we are not Rachel and Dave Hollis. Sorry, guys. I'm calling you guys out again. I doubt they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave. Uh, we're not Rachel and Dave Hollis. We're not going to sit here and just keep telling everybody how great everything is and not give them the dirt that we're currently in. It's a lot easier to talk about the things that we've made it through than it is to talk about what we're going through right now. Now, disclaimer, we're not. What do the kids say? We're not. Spill the tea. <laughs> the kids these days, yeah. Spill the so tea. So we're going to give you all the Jonah. tea. We're fine, by the way. We're not like we're not about to tell you we're divorcing or anything. Divorcing? Yeah, well, we're not divorcing. No <laughs> chance we're divorcing. <laughs> <laughs> people might not have even caught that. See, Chris, you're so it. annoying. You always got to call things out that people probably don't even pay attention to because they're Look, smacking their kids in the back seat. They didn't hear me say that. Life's about correction, John. Is it? So where do we want to begin? Because there's been a lot since the last podcast. Um, How about this? Just feeling like, and we've even done this on certain episodes. Like, hey, let's get our stuff together. Hey, let's let's hit the reset button. Let's do this. Let's do that, right? And then not really disciplining ourselves to do so. And I think riding that dangerous line of giving ourselves too much grace and then also having shame about not getting things together when we think we can. And basically all of this culminated to, we're like, hey, what season of marriage are we in? 
And I said winter and John was like, what winter? But as we just defined winter is not, is not after she defined it that way, like cold and like no connection and stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're definitely not in winter, but I said winter because this is the hardest time we've ever had as a couple, because obviously we are on baby number five, right? Uh, There are, there's more stress in the home than there has been when it comes to parenting because we're, you know, this is the first time we've dealt with a six-year-old and a six-year-old and a four-year-old at the same time and a six and a four and a three and a new baby and all that stuff. And so things are really difficult when it comes to just our routines, trying to keep them in line. I feel like when you catch our breath, the daily grind is we are so, we feel like we're running so fast that we can't even catch up to get into some sort of a routine and and all of that. Um, But I think, I think we got to back up and just say where all this started. Cause here's the thing. This is why I told Chris, I didn't think we were in winter because we're still communicating. We still have connection. We're still able to be vulnerable together. And because our foundation has been established on our relationship that is with God and then each other back in, 2013 when we would get into it or we were struggling or we were going through something um it was a little more shaky and we weren't able to just resolve these problems we did it on our own because we tried to do it on our own and so we have been able to kind of work through these things we're going to give you exactly what we've done but i want to want to take it back to where this kind of all started so we told you a couple episodes ago that there's some potential pregnancy things going on right now um, <clears throat> two different possible diagnoses. One I got, one we're waiting to find out. But the one I got was placenta previa, which put me on pelvic rest. So basically pelvic rest means we got to get vulnerable in this episode, no intimacy, working out, that kind of stuff. And everybody sighs with me. <sighs> Shut up, Chris. And this was in June, yes. And so about the time I was put on pelvic rest was about the time that Chris and I got our new couch and was enjoying being just kind of lazy for once, uh, like we've told you. And if you've listened to our episodes all the way through, we don't generally, especially on weeknights, sit up on the couch and watch TV or sleep on the couch. We've we've usually just kind of been more disciplined in that area. But as we told you in the episode where we talked about that show, Marriage at First Sight, we were just kind of riding the wave of being like, oh, we're grownups. Like, this is nice to be lazy for a minute. But after I got that diagnosis and, and the, the, what is it called? Uh, uh, I don't know. Put on pelvic rest. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting down on the couch and looking at Chris and be like, Hey, we got to start sleeping in our beds. We got to, we should probably pay attention to this because we know again, like I said earlier, that enemy hates marriage and he's going to do anything he can to use. I mean, the Bible, I should have put up the verse. The Bible even talks about, how when you're not being intimate with your spouse, um, it's a really easy time for you to feel disconnected because what are you doing when you're being intimate? You're, you're becoming one, you're connected. So that's a very easy time for Satan to kind of sneak in and start to disrupt the marriage. And with us also sleeping on the couch, not always getting up in the morning, doing our reading together and stuff. It was just so easy. Well, not physically connecting, touching, not, yeah, not uh, like, the TV's on, right? So it's not like we stopped most nights and prayed before we went to bed and kind of like went went to God with some things like we usually do. 
just a lot of distractions. Bunch of little things you know, that started to kind of easy up. to be like, oh, this is nice. This yeah. is comfortable. I like sleeping on the couch and not getting kicked in the ribs by a baby who comes in and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And yeah, oh, cool. Like now we have a little bit of extra time when we put the kids to bed to watch something and just kind of have us time, which included a little bit of scrolling our phone, a little bit of watching TV. Just, just not a good recipe. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but if you're a parent, you understand what we're talking about, that that constant fight of sleep or get a little bit of time or yeah, we were trying we were thinking of it as we're hanging out finally because we don't get to do that much. It's it's go 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 all day, put the kids to bed and then we were going to bed. So what felt like not a big deal once added with all these other things, it started making things slip and we both agreed on that, but we still kind of continued doing that. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, with all of those things, what what are you laughing at? I burped. Oh, gosh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're pregnant. You can't help it. No, never been pregnant. Regardless of what culture tells me, I can do and can't do. All right, enough. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Sorry. I always have to throw those little jabs in. It's just, it's just how I do it and what I do. Okay, so anywho, I don't want to edit this, but I'm trying to fix the... Uh, Fix the uh, headphones here because we're shorting out. Oh, it's just not all the way plugged in. Hang on, people. Stick with me. Oh, if you want something to work, okay. you got to plug it in. There we go. Novel. All right. Anyway, so look, the whole point is this This ultimately climax to, like, look, we are not, what are you laughing at? Is the word climax to sexual or something? It's just ironic. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Tell me about it. Anyway, so. things start to just kind of unravel when it comes to our routines, putting God first, making sure we're in prayer together at night. Also, you know, going to bed late, it's not as easy to wake up in the morning. So then we sacrifice a little bit of podcast time. We sacrifice time together in the Bible, which is super important. Like all, all of these things, eventually all of the, all the evidence mounts up to be like, Hey, you guys aren't doing as well as you were doing. And so we talk about seasons, right? And before we got on here to talk about the season we were in, and once we both agreed we were in fall, right before we hit the mic, we got into a vulnerable discussion. And basically what it came down to is we realized that did you? What did you just do? Just hit my hand. It's fine. You see, once again, they might not have paid attention. Just no, they would have heard that for sure. You're throwing me off here. I'm losing my train of thought. You go. Are you serious? Yeah, go ahead. And we're not editing this and we're not starting over, so go. <laughs> you were just talking. All I did was hit my hand. Uh, okay. Okay. Anywho. Anyway, so so now you can expand on what happened before we recorded last time. Okay. <laughs> Chris told me I was a failure. Dun, dun, and I dun. cried mm-hmm. a lot. I didn't tell her she was a failure. Kind of. So basically, what happened was we were about to get on, and I was like, look, we need to be very vulnerable and real about some of these things because the truth of the matter is, I felt like we are not able to keep things together from from getting ready for the next homeschool season for our kids from our nutrition 
to you know our our sex life, all of these things. I'm working, I'm trying to do what I can do, but I felt a frustration that I couldn't help Jana, she couldn't help herself, I couldn't I couldn't keep my stuff together as far as not like lo- losing my cool with the kids. So all of these things are happening and basically the conclusion we came to is like we're failing. Yeah, I mean and I feel like we're talking in a lot of code and I'm trying trying not to. I think we're anxious that we got to hurry up and get this <laughs> message in because the sun's out kids are gonna wake up but all if you're a mom especially you're gonna understand i'm feeling like and i've did a whole episode on mom guilt but i am constantly in my head telling myself all the things that i am not fulfilling my job in so i have a lot of tasks on a daily basis to keep up with the home and everybody's nutrition in the podcast and planning for homeschool when I don't know what I'm doing because it's really just, there's no template for homeschooling all these little people and, um, you know, being pregnant and all these things, the pressure, you know, the pelvic rest has been really hard on me too, because one, obviously men aren't the only ones who need intimacy, but also the pressure on me to constantly feel like I'm failing Chris my body's failing Chris by not being able to, to be, to fulfill that part of marriage because it's such an important part of our connection, obviously. So, you know, without getting too graphic, just there's still pressure on me to think about all the things I could be doing. And that's also, you know, that's just, it's just tough. There's always these things running through my mind. So when Chris touched this hot button of, you know, he also feels like we're not doing well in these areas. It triggered a lot of emotion in me because I feel that already. I know I'm not enough. I know I'm not doing enough. Um, I know that things could be, need to be different around here. um, And I just don't know how to do it. So that is a conclusion we came to though. We almost felt, so we had this moment of crying and just, we weren't fighting. We're just having a conversation. I don't cry. You cry. (laughs) whatever and uh but then it turned into realizing like maybe this was god's way of kind of reminding us hey you're not like you can't do this alone you need me and when you and so i pulled up the scripture actually because i wanted to say so in john 6 35 um jesus says i am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst and what that means is he's the bread of life. Well, actually, shoot. Scripture. Scripture. I know, but that, that yeah. Scripture is the bread of life. So so daily, just like we need food. Yes. Thank we you. need to be in the word. We need to be we need to be spending time with God. And basically, like Jonna said, what this culminated to was, hey, we're failing. And here's here's what's interesting, and here's here's where the evidence of putting God first changes the game. So I basically say like, look, I just need to be straight up. I feel like we're not doing good in these areas. And she felt the weight of that because, you know, I'm working and I doing what I can, but it was more on her end, but she has way more distractions than me, i.e. four little kids and one in the belly and, you know, just all that crap. Right. So basically I turned to her and she's crying and I hug her and I'm like, look, I'm sorry, but like this, these are just facts. They, it hurts, but 
these are facts. We're not ready for this. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. And this isn't happening. And I know you're trying your best. And so I just want to tell you, I love you. This is not going well, but guess what? We, I don't know how to help you and you don't know how to help you when it comes to these things. And so I literally was like, we're not going to podcast right now. We, we need to go to God with these things. Like we just do, right? So there's two different approaches that we can take. We can say, hey, yeah, God's at the center of our marriage. I'm not patting myself on the back. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm literally giving you guys an example. So if God's at the center of our marriage, there's two different things when we're in a discussion like this or an uncomfortable moment. It's either like, yeah, well, let's just fix it. It's all you, right? And have like a judgment or it's literally, hey, I love you. I know you're upset. I I know you're hurting right now. I don't I can't help you. I I I've tried everything. I am trying to help you. I need help helping you. You don't know what you need. I don't know what you need. But we both know that we got to go to God with this. And so I was like, we're not going to podcast even though we haven't in a couple weeks. And it was, it was a little anxious, but we got up, we went into the living room. We sat on the couch. And I just held Jonna and I was just like, look, like, like we've got to pray. And I think the most important thing we need to do is literally just go to ground zero right now. Like it hurts to feel like we're failing, but the truth is we are because the standard we believe that God has for our life is much higher than what we're reaching right now. And so we, it's just a fact. So, so let's sit in these emotions and say like, okay. We are failing, period, point blank. But guess what? Most people say, well, that's, that, that's because I'm not enough. That's because I'm not good enough. And it's true, right? It's true. We are not enough. We're not enough without, without God. We are, we are not enough without, without going to God and saying, God, like you, you've got to show up supernaturally and help us. Give us the resources. Give us, give us the help here so we can solve these problems and we've tried to do this on our own and it's not working. Yeah, it's so, first of all, I think that probably sounds super radical to anybody in this self-love day and age and the you are enough day and age. But it it's true. We weren't made to do this alone and we cannot do it alone. Um, and that's where it comes back to the bread of life. You know, we were still reading our Bible and stuff, but not consistently and not together. And I think that I know for me, so, okay, here's one thing before Chris leaves in the morning to go to the gym or something, or to go work down away from the house for a couple hours, he'll pray with me and pray for patience to like for me till he gets back. And I always laugh at that because it's not like a whole day of patience, but it's like, we constantly have to be checking in with God and saying like, Hey, I need you for this. I need you for this. It can't just be like a one and done ask God into your heart. And then everything is great. And he just, you know, puppeteers you around. Like for me to be home all day, every single day with four children, six and under and be pregnant, I cannot make it through the day without (laughs) losing my cool unless I am in constant prayer and in the word. And maybe you hear that and you're like, that's crazy. Like you got problems if you can't do that. But, um, it's just, it's just, we, we've done, we've got the evidence for our lives here and our marriage and our parenting. And when we're not in the word 
every single day together, things start to get shaky. I mean, on top of other things, obviously we had a lot of things that are adding up. So yeah, we had that conversation. It, it hurt because again, it was, it was affirming for me, the things, not that Chris was beating me up. I beat myself up. Um, and I try not to, cause I know that God, you know, God convicts. He doesn't condemn. God's not a God of shame. He's a God right. of correction. Right. So right, right. he's, he, He's not here to be like, oh yeah, you're you're not doing good enough on these things. You're a and failure. Like, you're a failure. No. He's a god of correction, and so I think I think he pretty much put it on my heart, like, hey, let's like this is uncomfortable, man, but we need to talk about these things. And so, in bringing these things up, literally, guys, we're sitting on the couch and we're just like, this is crazy, but we actually don't know what to do, so our hands are completely free of this. And we're just like, God, you've got to show up. You've got to help us figure this out. You got to give us the right strategy, the right thoughts. You know, if there is, if there are, if there are resources, like whatever it is, we've got to know because we just feel like we're on this hamster wheel. Um, and I think the specific examples are school's about to start, right? And we have three kids that are about to be under homeschooling in addition to all the things Jonna has going on. And that's no easy task, right? And so we not only have to figure out the right curriculum, but we have to make sure they have the right systems in place where, you know, our rebellious one doesn't ruin everything. And Oh, there's one up right now. So basically the frustration in that is we've got to figure these things out because they're so important. Our kids' education, all of these things. And so we literally just stopped and we prayed and we're like, God, like, we give this to you. 100% give this to you. I don't have the answer. John doesn't have the answer. I'm not enough. She's not enough. Regardless of what culture says, we are not enough. We are not enough. And so sitting in those emotions, like I said, and just saying like, we're failing. We are failing. And th- and that's okay. It's okay for us to say we're failing if we're really not meaning those things. I think so many times it's very easy for us to, again, give ourselves grace and be like, well, it's okay. We're not as bad as this person, you know? And so it's it's easy for us to be like, our, our kids are pretty good. Oh, well, they're not as bad as that kid. You know, it's like God doesn't want us to compare our kids to other kids as the standard of how good they are. God doesn't want us to compare our marriage to other marriages as a standard of how good they are. He doesn't want us to compare our bodies, our physical lives, our routines, and all those things to somebody else. Like the Bible doesn't say, oh, Hey, check in with culture and make sure you're like right there with them or a little bit above. It doesn't say that. He calls us to a different standard. He, he calls us to holiness. Me as a leader, he, he, he calls me to seek and crave righteousness and make sure and make sure that I'm leading my family in the way of, in the way of, of the scriptures. And, and he, he calls my wife to, to be submissive to me. And then me to be submissive back to her and for us to realize like we are a team and we are one and anything we do has to be filtered through like, God, can you help us? Can you do this for us? So here's basically what happened with this is we pray this, right? And we're like, you got to show up in a supernatural way because we, we are screwing up so bad, right? It's a hard moment. And then right after that, I was like, okay. So many times it's been so easy for us to just get up from these emotional conversations and be like, okay, we'll do better. But there's no evidence of that, right? And right after that, it's almost like this analogy was put in my head. And I told Jonna, I was like, okay, here's the way I see it. Basically, 
we are supposed to be heading north, right? We're supposed to be looking north toward God for all of our decisions. We're supposed to be heading north, the destination to to a more fulfilled life and routine and marriage and all those things is being more responsible and more disciplined and all those things. And that direction is north. But what we've been doing is we've been saying like, okay, let's just point the car north. But then all of the decisions we've made have driven us further south, right? So it's like, we need to eat better. Oh man, we're so tired. Let's just order a pizza. We, we know the kids are like pizza. Boom. We're heading south, right? Uh, it's, it's, we need to get to bed, but oh man, we, we really want to watch a show or we, we really want to do this thing. We're still driving south, right? And then we make a decision to say like, we, we, okay, we, we, we need to get our, our nutrition together. We turn the car and it's pointing north. We have a good meal. We're finally driving north a little bit. You guys get, get the, the word picture I'm talking about here. But so basically I was like, we've got to just continue to tell ourselves, drive north, drive north, drive north. And so every decision we make, we have to ask ourselves, like, are we driving north? You know, whether we're eating this or, or we want to be lazy about this or whatever, we just have to realize that so many times we point the car north, but we never drive there. And it's so easy to drive backwards. It's so easy to drive south with our decisions. And so that's kind of the analogy that I feel like God really gave me and popped and popped into my head and she resonated with it and it's starting to put the pieces together. Which is funny because our pastor Sunday was talking in his sermon, he was talking about when you feel like you're just making continuous left turns Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I, and I really looked at Chris and I'm like, that's us. That's what we're doing. We're, We're making a lot of left turns here. So I was gone for a minute, so I just came in on the tail end of your spiel. You were gone. I went straight solo podcast mode. <laughs> it was good. I could hear you. It sounded good. I don't know what I, uh, what all I missed, though. So where? So I was, I was literally just explaining the, hey, look, we throw our hands to God, and I, and I said, here's, here's, here's our analogy. Here's the word picture we've got to follow. And it's driving north because we've been driving south in our decisions, but pointing the car north with good intentions, but never driving there. And so now we've got to pick up speed. Yeah. So actually that really has resonated with me. You know, yesterday was Monday and Chris's alarm goes off and I'm so tired and I'm like, ugh, like he's going to the gym anyways. Maybe I'll just get some extra sleep. I'm like, nope, nope, that's not driving north. I got to get up. I got to get in the word with him and my day is going to go a whole ton better. And it did. It's just, you know, it's tough in the moment. It's easy when you're in your nice, cool, oh, comfortable bed. Believe it. Um, so uh, let's talk about some other things we did prior to this conversation, because the actual start of all of this blew up on a fight on the way to church a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. We're going that A few weeks back. ago. Well, I want to talk about the inventory we took because yes. this conversation was a tough one, but we had already been doing pretty good. We had already been working through some things at this point. Um, and that conversation is just is one that needed to happen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but in the midst of all of what we talked about before, when I told Chris, I'm like, eh, we're, we better be careful here because pelvic rest plus sleep on the couch, yada, yada, yada. Are you talking about how we knew things were moving in the wrong direction? Yeah. We got in a fight on the way to church. 
Um, you can talk about 2013, Chris. Yes. <laughs> and it was one that we hadn't, we didn't have in a long time. Like, of course we are humans. So there's times we have disagreements and stuff, but on the way we got an actual argument where Chris was mean to me, <laughs> where we were just, it wasn't how we normally interact anymore. It was yeah. much more representative of us eight years ago. Well, anytime there's more pride in our fights and less grace, uh, we we know we're in a bad spot. So what was really odd about this is, like Jonna said, 2013 Chris was very prideful, very like, look, you just don't get it. Um, and I, I don't think I would admit I was super prideful, but there was a lot of evidence in our conversations, in our fights that I was just prideful. I, I, I'm not very empathetic as, as things are anyway, um, unless really big, uh, things with finality happen like death and things like that. Then I'm, then I'm em- empathetic, but basically in, in little circumstances, I'm like, Oh, whatever. Well, we'll get over it. But basically we were on the way to church and I mean, I'm sure you guys fight about this, right? We were just talking about like, okay, we need to like, I was like, Hey, what are we having for lunch? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, it just set me off. I'm like, I can't work and do this and do that and do this. Like, come on. Like, what are we having for lunch? You know? And little did I know like she was already beating herself up all morning and she was and she was already stressed and frustrated and feeling feeling the weight of like oh I don't have this stuff together because it's very 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 hard to feed six people three meals a day seven days a week usually what I do is I'm like okay you know I'm I'm trying to be understanding and I'm not I'm not trying to teach her anything or whatever and then when I feel that she is emotional and frustrated about something i'm usually just trying to be like okay cool like you know talk it out figure it out it's fine this isn't the end of the world this you're usually loving and understanding the fact that we have a lot of like plates in the air here but that day you just weren't and again and that so that was before this past conversation actually though but you just weren't graceful about it and again that made me feel like i was failing and like you didn't understand what i do on a daily basis because you know, you're not in my shoes trying to figure out what other people want to eat all day, every single day. Also, if you've ever been pregnant, you know that your decisions around food change constantly. Like uh, you plan one meal and then you're like, oh, that sounds terrible. So whatever. We got in a fight about that. I was surprised the way Chris was acting. And I had noticed some things like he, you said that were more 2013 Chris over the past couple weeks. And that's where we were just like, okay, things are, that's, we got to stop things right now before they take us to a place where we don't want to be. Yes. That. And so, so not only was I, and I, I even told a couple of my friends, like, I don't know why I'm being so prideful lately. Like some pride is seeping back into my life. And it's something I feel like God's, God's really killed in me. And I don't want to be prideful. Like there is no benefit in me being a jerk and being prideful about like my way, you know? And so, Another piece of evidence was that we needed to have an uncomfortable conversation. And I was literally staring at Jonna and thinking in my head, like, yeah, we we don't really have to have this uncomfortable conversation. It's fine. And I did not have the uncomfortable conversation. I started feeling like a little bit nervous and scared to have that conversation with her. We talk about everything. We're super transparent with each other. And, and that's, been one of the biggest growth points in our marriage is we have total 
openness in everything, as embarrassing as you can possibly think of, it does not matter, right? And it was just uncomfortable and I didn't want to have it. And I didn't have it. I did not fight that and I didn't have it. And then when we talked the other day before we got on the mic, I explained to her like, hey, I feel myself not even wanting to have uncomfortable conversations with you. And then the floodgates opened and she cried and she was upset and, but it needed to happen. Right. But seeing boom, Chris, Chris's pride is high right now. And he is not being as loving and graceful. He's, he, he's being more frustrated in parenting than he has been in a while. And he's not willing to have uncomfortable conversations. I'm like, okay, red flag, red flag, red flag, bad, bad, bad. Yeah. So the good thing is we have, like like I kind of alluded to earlier, we've built our foundation here. And I think we talked about this in a, a recent episode. We've built our foundation here. Our foundation is sturdy. So we're able to now come together and have, even though Chris didn't want to that moment, he was able to reflect on that and realize, oh, ho, 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 this is not this is not me. This is not the husband and father God has me being. I can have this conversation with my wife. We sat down. We took inventory of our marriage. Um, if you go back to episode, is it two, the happiness box? Maybe. Three? Maybe two. Very, very early. Within the first five episodes, we do this thing called happiness box, which was very personal growth-esque. But it is helpful in evaluating, hey, where are we right now? What are the things we're doing right? What are the things we're doing wrong? What do we wish we could be doing? And the thing about this is Chris and I both sat down together and filled out our own individual boxes about what we personally, I didn't fill out what I wish Chris was doing differently. I filled out what am I doing that I could be doing differently? What am I doing that I'm you know, happy I'm doing, et cetera? He did the same thing. And then we kind of just read them off together, saw where we were aligned, and then started plucking those off and seeing how we could start working towards like you said, driving north and um, fixing, fixing things, growing ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of examples that come up in I think all of our lives would be intentional time together, right? Um, we had, we had a date night recently. We did. It was so nice. Shout out to Allie. Because we know you're listening. Yeah, she yeah. listens to the podcast, and she's like, "I want to babysit for you guys." I'm like, what? Really? Oh, what? For real? See, she, we she gave it to our church. Listen, like, we gave it to God and we got a babysitter for a date night. Look at that. Look at that. Boom. <laughs> no, truly, though, she came and watched our kids and did folded laundry and just was so sweet. And we got to sit downtown outside and just really enjoy. Yes, it was perfect. A good it was dinner. a beautiful night right next to the Red Stadium. And then Jason Mraz was in town. So the concert was right behind John's shoulder and we could hear Jason Mraz in the background yeah. live. It was like, well, dude, this is awesome. Super so, nice. Yeah. And intentional time is big, right? Whether it's a planned date night or it's like, okay, the kids are in bed, you know, let's, let's talk, you know, it's so easy to scroll our newsfeed. Last night I was scrolling my newsfeed and like I was hooked and John was trying to talk to me about yeah, so, something come so up, annoyed. about something, something come up, <laughs> something come up, <laughs> about something coming up. And I was just hooked. I was like, you got to take my phone from me. Like literally I ask her to do that sometimes. I'm like, pull my phone out of my hand. Cause I can't like, it hooks my brain in. Right. So Intentional time at the end of the evening, intentional time with date nights and things, which we're trying to do better on. Um, but those are things that weren't going well, right? Um, nutrition not was not going well, right? Things are coming together. We we 
have you know kind of figured out some new methods of cooking that are easier to clean up and things like that. Shout out to the Blackstone Griddle. Shout out to griddle. the Blackstone Griddle. Yes. I love it so much. Yeah, we got two of those. Um, and uh, sleep, right? Protecting our sleep more. It's very important for our emotions uh, and getting enough sleep. It, oh, I mean, guys, it increases immunity, right? If we don't want to get sick. Fitness. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do one really hard workout a week. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Murph, but yeah, it's like a really hard workout. I'm like, I'm going to do one really hard workout a week. I did it for like a month and I was like, okay, I need, I need, I need to do more here. Um, and so I'm getting back to the gym more consistently. Um, our intimate life, like we are, you know, trying to find more opportunities to do the things we can do. Right. Um, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. and then just attitude, attitude, kind of wraps a lot of those things up um, as far as let's say we plan on things going better in certain areas, but I'm negative or I, or I'm judgmental or, or, you know, Jana is having an attitude, like regardless, I think our attitude with each other is super, super important. And then spiritual growth like that, that wraps everything up for us. It is literally like God in the Bible. You say, if we pray in your will, you're listening you're listening, right? And we can expect those things to happen, right? So it's intentional. Like, God, do you want us to have more date nights? God, do you want us to spend more time together? God, do you want us to eat better, sleep better, like be more physically fit because our body is a temple? Um, Yeah. Do you want us to be better parents? Do you want us to have better attitudes, get in your word more, you know, like have a better intimate life? Of course you do, right? Of course he does. And so praying about those things further affirms those things and and supernatural, amazing things happen, you know? Like um, a babysitter being like, hey, I want to watch your kids. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I think the lesson here for us was, is, okay, you got to build your foundation. You got to build your foundation strong so you can recognize, hey, I'm going into winter here and I don't want to. Like, how do I prep for winter? How do I... What do they call them? Um, snowbirds, the people who fly south yes. <laughs> in the winter. Like, how do I be like them? How do I fly south and make sure it's always hot and steamy and good, or at least spring where things are growing? Wait, drive north, not fly south. Oh, right. Shoot. Drive that, north. Really meant, that, that really meant. Even though but it's cold w- north. winter's north. <laughs> yeah, we got to drive but, south. But, but for me, north is look, we're looking to God. Yeah. And north is up. How right? about nor- look up, but north drive south? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to change my whole analogy. (laughs) Well, but you know what I mean? So how do we, how do we prepare ourselves? How do we recognize when we're falling into these seasons? And, you know, you could say, well, you guys recognized at the time that like, right when you got put on pelvic rest and you're asleep on the couch, but we're fallen humans still, we're still, we're still going to make mistakes and we still continued on thinking. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just like anything too much of anything. It's like, Oh, well one brownie won't, won't hurt. You know what I mean? And then you eat the whole tray or whatever. That's how it was. It's like one brownie in and of itself isn't terrible for you. One night on the yeah. couch watching TV is not yes, bad for there you. There needs like, to be nuance, right? Yes. There slipping in one time, yes. like all these things. It's just, it doesn't happen overnight and things can very quickly get out of hand. I saw a really good quote yes. once saying, that the enemy, if the enemy knows he can't destroy you because you're saved, you're a child of God, he will distract you. And that is so, I mean, can we not all agree that our world is just so full of distractions right now? And it's so easily, it's so easy to get distracted. So yes. So that, that was the answer for us realizing 
hey, we're starting to go into a season. We don't want to be here again. Having that uncomfortable conversation, we say it so often, but obviously it's just such an important part. So I think we could really wrap it up in a little pretty bow here of open communication and open Bible is really the only way to navigate and be successful in these seasons. Yes. And fighting fighting those thoughts of like, I don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation. Nope. Have it. Got to flex that muscle, right? Fighting the thoughts of like, yeah, we don't really have to read together. Heck, I totally disagree. I totally disagree. I, I challenge you to read together, totally change your routine. I challenge you to make time to read together, you know, be, be accountable, keep each other accountable, wake up early, do what you have to do, stay out of your phone at night, whatever. Right. Uh, I challenge you to pray together to read your Bible together, right? It will be awkward at first, but the, God is not being like, yeah, don't don't worry about that. Um, well, he wants like, us to be yoked. He wants us to be clearly. one. And we're not saying you can't have growth <laughs> by reading on your own and all that. Obviously, everything we talk about is growing yourself. But I do believe there's something supernatural about the act of praying together and reading together. And honestly, I get a lot more out of the word whenever we're reading it together and we can kind of, you know, pull different ideas out of each other. Yeah. Baby's waking up. John is sprinting upstairs before he falls out of the bed. If you hear a big boom, she wasn't fast enough. <laughs> okay. Anyway, guys, we're a mess. So kids are waking up. Uh, we're coming up on 50 minutes here. You're probably bored of us. It was a little all over the place today, but hopefully you got something out of it. Um, yeah. The biggest thing is open communication, open Bible, I think if we are, if, if we feel like we're not doing enough as a couple, rather like it's okay to sit in those emotions of failure. As long as we know, like, you know what, we're not enough and that's okay because we know that we need to put God at the center of our marriage, period, point blank. That's it. And I think where we get in trouble is if failure is like, I'm beating myself up, I have massive shame. Again, God's a God of correction, not a God of shame. And so I, he, he does not want us to have that attitude of shame, but I think he does want us to be like, yep, if you're not doing enough, facts are facts, right? Facts of our feelings. Imagine that 2020, 2021, like 2020, 2021. Well, Dang, that was really, really quite hard to say. Um, but yeah. If we're failing, it's okay to admit we're failing. Sit in sit in that failure. Seriously, I think it's important. And then ask God to show up because he will show up in supernatural ways. I really, really believe that uh, because, again, it's his will. It is his will for things to, uh, for things to you know, thrive in our marriages, right? So um, we, were, we were just reading Titus before we ended or before we started this podcast. So I will ended on this. Um, and in Titus, he's just talking about like what, what we expect from husbands and wives and things like that. And for me in particular, I read this and he's just saying like, look, as a steward of God, we can't be arrogant. We can't be quick tempered. We can't be a drunkard or violent or greedy. Um, a lover of ourselves, right? We, we need to be a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that we're able to give instruction and sound doctrine um, and rebuke those who contradict it. And I know that's like, oh, man, that's a lot of 
Bible thumping stuff, but it's the truth, right? Collect the data, try it yourself. You know, if we're approaching life and saying we crave righteousness, like fathers, it's uncomfortable to say, hey, let's pray before our day starts. It, it, it's uncomfortable at first to pray before meals sometimes for, for people, right? And it's not in the Bible. God's not like you have to pray before meals, but it came from him, right? Like the whole reason I have a job to provide for my family, amazing circumstances, right? The food we eat literally came from the ground at some level, most of it, unless it's all GMO crap. But regardless, like God does provide for us. So we thank him for those things, right? It's not like super necessary, but it's a great way to show our kids like, hey, like this, this is, this is what we do. And me and John talk about our pillars, right? So God, marriage, family, God, marriage, kids, right? So in talking about those pillars, we can talk about those pillars and say, yeah, those are pretty good. I think those are my pillars too. But does the evidence meet reality or is it complete delusion? Because for us, we said God, marriage, kids, and they were all out of whack and they weren't even being prioritized. And that's again, another point where we're like, hmm, are we really doing what we're supposed to do? So yeah, I mean, it's really easy to say a little ramble. It's really easy to say, these are the things that are important to me, but are, does the evidence in your life show that? Exactly. Like I can say all day, health, being healthy and eating well is important to me. And then my friends see me eat pizza. I was like, does that, does that support yeah. that statement? Again, not, not eating occasionally. You, you know what I'm right. talking about? Um, right. So, right. Baby's grabbing at the mic. Time to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up. Okay. So, because clearly we haven't done that enough. <laughs> oh, my okay. gosh. Yeah. Well, there's a little sexual in It's funny in, to have in two sex for jokes in a sexless <laughs> season. <laughs> in a sexless season. Oh, you got it. All right, guys. Well, did we wrap it up good enough? Was that? Are you good, John? I think Ledger's, I think, I think Ledger's good. Guys, our life is chaos. 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 <laughs> I can't even talk. Oh, he said bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye, buddy. <laughs> Say bye-bye. <laughs> Maybe not. No, they never perform what you want them to. Hold on, dude. Um, okay, yeah, just... See you guys in a month. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Don't forget, you can text us at 513-620-4333. Give us some feedback. Ask some questions. Tell us something. Talk to us. We love interacting with you guys. And we are an open book as you can hear, even when it's tough to talk about. Um, and just thanks for continuing to listen. Thanks for sticking by us, even when we're not um, showing up for you every single week. We're sorry. <laughs> we're going to get better. Open Bible. Open communication. Boom. Take care. Say bye-bye. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.